This episode of the Everything is Marketing podcast, episode 21, we've reached drinking age. It is brought to you by the MLive Media Group. You can find everything online at mlivemediagroup.com. And don't forget this week, our next mornings with MLive, Torrance O'Hare from Propaganda Donuts and the Bandit Queen will be in the house at the Grand Rapids Hub talking about storytelling and how vitally important storytelling is to you and your brand and how it might be the difference between success and mediocrity. You can get tickets at mlivemediagroup.com, or you can find us on Facebook, or you can just hit me up on Twitter in the various sundry of ways that you can get a hold of me. And with that, we get in to the Saturday edition, the Valentine's edition, the love edition of everything is marketing. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? It is Everything is Marketing, episode 21. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and likely in the background you can hear the click-clack of uh, laundry because uh, life still happens even when there's podcasts to be done. It is Valentine's Day, so of course I'd be remiss without saying happy Valentine's Day to my two Valentines, the love of my life, Angie, and then uh, the love of my life, Evelyn, uh, who turns three in March. So uh, happy Valentine's Day to the two of them, and happy birthday to Evelyn's friend, Charlie, who turns uh, one today, a Valentine's Day baby. So with that out of the way, we can get on to some work and talk about Valentine's Day. And likely, if you're a guy, you wait to the very last second to uh, kind of do Valentine's Day. It's just something that we are... I don't know if it's primal. I don't know if we're just wired for that or we're just, um, it's just how it works. But we're very last minute, especially when it comes to Valentine's Day. Even if you're spot on for Christmas, you're spot on for birthdays, you're spot on for anniversaries, this is probably one where you lack. And there are two ways to approach that, and both of them fit into branding, right? If you are somebody who slacks on Valentine's Day, but you do it all the time, And I don't mean slacking. I mean you show love to your partner all the time. That makes the transition or the ability to pull last-minute Valentine's Day off a little bit easier. If you're somebody who waits and, uh, let's say, celebrates the relationship three times a year, you celebrate on Valentine's Day when you go out to dinner, you celebrate on Sweetest Day in October, and whenever your anniversary is, if it's a dating anniversary or a wedding anniversary, those are the three times where you kind of pull out all the stops, and the rest of the time you just do nothing really to pay attention and curate the relationship and foster the relationship and, and make it bloom into something special and magical. What do you suppose happens to the latter relationship where you only uh, celebrate and um, show love three times a year? Well, if you're not a relationship expert or have made that stupid mistake, I'll tell you what happens. You have a very terrible relationship um, because relationships require nonstop handling of. You you have to be in the relationship. You've got to be in it to win it. And you've got to be intentional about this. And I'm not going to make a podcast about relationships. I'm making a podcast about branding because they're the same thing. If you only do something for your customer, let's say on Black Friday, oh, that's the day we're going to give them a deal or that's the day we're going to show them how much that we care for them. Um, you are a disposable brand to them because you're not actually in a relationship. Or if you're a brand that does something just on Christmas or you do something just on your anniversary um, of whatever the anniversary is, it's really hard for people to buy into your brand and take it seriously and get involved in a relationship. Relationships are difficult and relationships with customers are very difficult. I was talking about customer service yesterday and one of the very first comments I got was from somebody who was saying, yeah, yeah, I mean, I get it. Customer service is really important. But, but my son, he is a waiter, 
And people, sometimes they come in and they just want to be mean. And that is absolutely correct. And I, I promise at some point in the next week or two, I will do an entire podcast about firing the customer. However, the fact remains that if the customer is right or wrong is kind of regardless, they're still in charge. And if you have a relationship with that person, it's easier to get your voice out than if you're just somebody that they touch once a year. Uh, like, let's say you've got a tax expert. Likely, you only talk to that tax expert once a year. And likely that you don't have a really great relationship with them uh, any other time of the year than when you need to pay your taxes. Well, that's kind of what I think most people would call a marriage of convenience, where instead, if we were to compare the relationship you have with your tax expert or TurboTax or uh, H&R Block or wherever you go to get your taxes done, if we were to compare that to, let's say, your favorite coffee shop. And uh, Coffee Shop is one of my favorites because that's a place where you can really see customer service shine and you can really see their engagement and they're all in for you come to fruition because if you are somebody who travels to a coffee shop regularly, likely they know what you like, likely they know when you're coming in, and likely they can get a heads up on preparing that cup of coffee for you. And that is meaningful and powerful to you because that's a relationship. It's like when you wake up on Valentine's Day, and your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or husband has gotten you the gift that you wanted. And there's that beam of light that comes across your face because you go, that guy gets me or that girl gets me. That's branding at a high level. And, and I'm not meaning to cheapen the love relationship, but I mean from the other side, the coffee. If you walk in, my, I talked a couple weeks ago about my friend Julian who walks into the Starbucks in her office and they have his coffee ready every single time he walks in the door. That's a really powerful event for him. Uh, one, because nobody else in the office can seem to figure out why they picked him, but they picked him. And every time he walks in, you can see the grin on his face because it's nice to be important. People want to be important. And that says to him that his three or four bucks that he spends on that coffee matters to that Starbucks location. So what matters to your location? So when you're sitting around today trying to figure out, you know, where are you going to go for dinner? What are you going to make for dinner? Or if you have great plans set in, in motion, those are all awesome. But think, how does that translate to your relationship with your customer? If you were only to able to talk to your customer once a year, what would you say to them? How would you make a profound effect on their life? And if you had the opportunity to talk to them more than once a year, wouldn't you? Of course you would. You would want to foster that relationship. You would want to go through the gnarly parts because if you've been through a relationship, you know those first three months, if you're lucky, are the honeymoon period. Everybody is right. You're having an amazing time. There's little to no clothing and all that, and that's a brilliant time in the relationship. And after that, well, what happens? You get to the relationship part or you get to the marriage part, which not to say it isn't fun. It's fun, but it's a whole hell of a lot harder to be in a relationship or in a marriage than to just kind of uh, flit around and date people. Dating people is much easier than being in a relationship with them. So if you're casually touching customers, that's way easier for you and less engaging for them than it is if you're really all in on trying to figure out what they want and how you can touch them in a profound way. So enough about love. Uh, I, I got a couple pieces of feedback last night, and one of them I want to respond to directly because there was an actual question in it. And the question was about um, music. It was about Snapchat. It was about discovery, and it was about what's next with Snapchat. And, and I'm getting a lot of questions about Snapchat, which I love. And um, 
likely don't have all of the answers because of how new it is. So this person's question, uh, his, he said, look, um, I've been playing around with Discovery. I certainly see where it's going, but I don't know that there's going to be a place for small to medium business in Discovery. And to him, I would say, I don't know that I disagree. I think Discovery is going to be large publishers and large editors or really, really profound editors or publishers that are doing something that lots of people want to see. So if you're somebody that's making amazing content, so you could see, even if not a lot of people know who Seth Godin is, which a lot of people in the business world know who Seth Godin is, but there's still a fair amount of people who don't know who Seth Godin is. But Seth is somebody who's putting out content that you could see in Discovery. That's what I mean by somebody who maybe isn't MTV or Vice or People or Food Network. So likely small to medium publishers aren't going to end up in there unless they're doing really, really, really profound work, which is the lesson there. And then his second question is, I'm playing around with Snapchat and I'm not really sure what to do. And I love this question because most of us don't. I said two weeks ago, 1%, maybe 2 at this point, percent of marketers are even on Snapchat. So it's this brave new world that you can kind of pave your path for whatever your brand does if it makes sense. If your brand is trying to talk to 55-year-old men, Snapchat is not the place for you. If you are trying to talk to millennials or you're trying to talk to anybody between the age of 13 and I would say 30, um, you should be playing around with Snapchat and trying to figure out what sort of stuff connects in your story. Are you a brand that people could ask questions to? Are you a brand that could put up um, images of the people in the brand that they might find funny? Um, would you uh, capture moments uh, if you're, let's say, Lollapalooza? You could capture moments of what's going on over those three days, that can end up on Snapchat. Do you have a brand like that where you could snap moments of something? Are you you a speaker series? Are you a school? Uh, Do you teach a class? Is there some sort of uh, 10-second lesson you could put in Snapchat video that you could share with your class? All of those things that you should be playing with. And pay attention to uh, people like Missy Elliott, who's playing around with Snapchat, and Madonna, who's playing around with Snapchat, and Skrillex, who's playing around with Snapchat, Watch those people and see what they're doing. And as I said, there's no foul in seeing what somebody is doing and trying to model it after what you can do for your brand. Uh, so Snapchat's one of those places where I like it because it's it's so new to marketing and it's so um, blank canvas that there's really no right answer right now other than go do it. And as always, if you have any questions, at Polymath and Vine, or you can find me at the mlivemediagroup.com. Have an awesome Valentine's Day, and go do something nice. I got up this morning and snowblowed the entire neighborhood because I, I just wanted to do something nice for everybody. So you, uh, even if you've got Valentine's Day plans and you've got your own Valentine and you've got your thing locked down, you should really take a moment and go do something nice for everybody. All right, have a great Saturday. We'll talk on Monday.